0: While the notable names didn't play many minutes and the record was just three and two, Summer League showed off exactly how New Orleans is trying to build this franchise. It's the Tuesday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go and let's take a look at some Summer League standouts. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday. Didn't have a show yesterday, traveling for work and just got caught up in things, so we'll do a bonus show at some point this weekend for y'all. And then we are also doing the live show Thursday night that counts as the Friday show that's going to be fun we'll answer your questions and if you've got topics you want to hear covered we got a couple weeks before this maybe drops down to three days a week let me know in the comments down below on YouTube and of course thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team and we're going to talk about Summer League today because New Orleans did a great job I thought you know, 3 and 2, they had a chance to go to the championship game which would have been cool. Summer League titles we all loved being like the actual Shadow winners from last season. But ultimately the record doesn't matter, but the development in some of the stuff that we saw from these guys really does. And I think you saw kind of what New Orleans kind of wants to embody as a franchise in Summer League, right? No no one played like, that, that's not quite true because some guys did, but like none of the notable names really played, right? We got part of a quarter, part of a half from Dyson Daniels. You know, there was the really unfortunate EJ Liddell injury in the second game, which ended his summer league season and, you know, maybe his season early overall. You had Trey Murphy, who was the third leading scorer in summer league, by the way, only play. Uh, Two games in this. Same for Najee Marshall. Jose Alvarado didn't even play a single game. None of the main big names that were supposed to carry the team played. And then other guys got injured, right? Like Carlo Makovic got injured. He didn't end up playing. You saw even a guy like Daquan Plowden, who played well and was a standout for New Orleans. And we'll talk about him in the third segment. He didn't end up playing in the final two games. So you have all of these guys that are just kind of like out. And Yet New Orleans was still really competitive, and you saw that the guys that were there really kind of rallied together and gave it everything they had. They competed. They looked hungry, right? They still played their style, which was fast in Summer League and shooting well. I loved all of this. I think this is exactly kind of what New Orleans wants to be as a franchise, right? One, there was somewhat of that next man up mentality, but it's just kind of a group of dudes, a group of players, coming together and trying to kind of beat expectations and be the best version of that team. And they were pretty good overall when you start to look at it kind of from that standpoint. Again, having a chance until the very end to get into the Summer League Championship. And when you look at them doing all that, yeah, it starts to kind of make sense that this team... Really did that. You know, they were second best in terms of offensive rebounding. They're one of the better rebounding teams overall. They were a pretty good three-point shooting team here. They're kind of ranking at times at the tops of a lot of the categories for Summer League. And you have to admire that from a group of guys that like eh, weren't really expected to be here they were fifth in assists I'm looking at some of the numbers right now right those are the type of stats that you want to see from the team turnovers were low they did well when it came to steals right and of course blocks with guys that they've had there you know for not having the guys that were supposed to lead you from not having basically anyone from the starting lineup from the first game to that final game yeah that's a big success for New Orleans. And a lot of the guys that we're going to talk about and have talked about when it comes to Summer League are still going to be around in some capacity. Most of these guys will probably end up on the training camp roster and then eventually, hopefully, get signed to Exhibit 10 Deals where it kind of incentivizes them to play for the G League team, the Birmingham squadron, where they stay in the Pelicans system, where they're working with some of these coaches. And you're seeing New Orleans have a lot. Here's why this is important, right? One, there's been some success for New Orleans with this. The past like three, four guys they've had on two-way deals, undrafted guys, are getting big-time contracts in the NBA, right? You just saw um, Kenny Hustle, Kenrich Williams, get a, a fully guaranteed deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's that's actually really important, right? Najee Marshall got that type of contract from New Orleans last year, a fully guaranteed deal. Same for Jose Alvarado. Successes after being undrafted and on two-way deals, now translating to a permanent place in the NBA. That's important because one, as a small market, you need to kind of do that to succeed. You got to really be working well around the edges. But more importantly, next draft. If there's a guy that's an undrafted free agent, and he's weighing up New Orleans and another team, he might pick New Orleans. He, you know, There might be people being like, oh man, I hope I can sign with the Pelicans. Because look at the track record they have of getting those guys paid, finding them roles in the NBA, giving them opportunities, developing those players. That's huge. Any sort of competitive advantage you can get, even if it's something as minor and around the edges of a roster, is that. Undrafted guys, two-way guys, Getting them is massively important for sustainable success, sustainable winning in a small market where you need every edge you can get and don't have some of the same, you know, advantages and it's not don't have, it's it's don't have some of the same, don't have most of the same advantages as a big market team. So, New Orleans seeing the Summer League team come together, these guys competing, going into the Birmingham squadron, that team maybe being competitive, it kind of sets the groundwork as a place where guys go, okay, I want to go to the Pelicans. You know, it might not be NBA stars saying that, but people are going to be saying that. That's the first step. And so, when you look at this team again, guys stepping up, players coming together. You know, um, Jaron Collins was so happy to be coaching these guys. He said wonderful things about all of them. It's laying the groundwork for what New Orleans wants to do top to bottom as the, f- it, with the franchise. This is what the New Orleans Pelicans want to be. It kind of embodies all of that. So, Summer League, despite the 3-2 and record, the injuries and all that, I still see it as a big success, a good stepping stone for the New Orleans Pelicans based on the things we just laid out. But let's talk about some of those guys, right? Darion Sebron is on a two-way deal. Could Davidas Servitas? Get a two-way deal. He shot it well. What about Jared Harper, Daquan Plowden, John Butler? We're going to talk about all those names coming up here over the next two segments in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar out there. I eat one, if not two of these things now that I'm working out more pretty much every single day. It's tough to kind of get your protein in at times, or at least I've found that, and just grabbing one of these, eating it super easy, super awesome. And guess what? They are absolutely delicious. And they have puff flavors. This is protein infused marshmallow. These are some of the the best kept secrets like in the world, in my opinion. They have the coconut brownie chunk puff out right now. I ordered a box of these without even getting sent samples. The coconut brownie chunk built bar, one of my favorite flavors, if not the best flavor they have. To make it lighter, airier, it's unbelievable. Coconut brownie chunk, you've got to try it. If you've never tried these built bars before, built puffs before, go with the coconut brownie chunk. Just go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order right now because this is the best flavor. I promise you, you're not going to believe that these things are healthy for you. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So they're delicious. So you're going to eat think you're eating a candy bar they've got collagen protein which your body absorbs quicker more efficiently and has tons of other health benefits again go to belt.com use promo code LOCK 15 for 15 percent off your next order and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team summerly we are recapping it right here Really proud of the team showing you that this is a team on the rise, not just at the NBA level, but on the basic level with the G League too and giving them some sort of competitive advantage. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. And of course, leave a comment on YouTube. Who were you most excited about? Who you saw play in Summer League? Was it Daquan Platton? Was it Servetus? Was it Butler? Was it Sebron? Was it Harper? Was there someone else that I'm missing in there? Who impressed you the most in Summer League and who do you hope gets that other two-way deal that could be given to one of these guys or we'll see what they end up doing with EJ Liddell as well. Now for your next listen, which NFL stars moved the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, that was yesterday, Locked On gives you the top 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the oddmakers at betonline.net. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Make Locked On NFL your second listen today. So let's look at some of the players who did... Pretty well, I thought, in Summer League. And let's start with the one guy on the two-way deal, right? The, the next success story that New Orleans hopes. a the guy they brought in for a workout, went undrafted, and immediately gave him that two-way contract, Darion Sebron. His overall numbers don't look amazing for the team, right? In five games, he played 18.6 minutes, 8.2 points per game on seven attempts per uh, shot at 43% from the field. But he gave, he showed off things that we weren't necessarily expecting from him, and I think that's the important thing from him. And over the final two games, I thought he did reasonably well. Against the Lakers on that Friday game, he had nine points, but more importantly, he had six assists, showing off a passing touch that you hadn't really seen from him a ton of throughout all of this. And then again, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. You saw the shooting, and he shot 50% from three in Summer League. His key thing, right? the one thing that he was good at, was long strides, getting to the rim, being aggressive, and having good size to finish at the rim. 6'6 for a guard that wants to play going downhill. New Orleans doesn't have a guy like that on their roster, so it doesn't surprise me that they really rush to give that other two-way to Sebron. If he can be kind of one of those guys that steps up throughout the season, gets plain minutes on a two-way deal, and gives you an element that you don't have otherwise, that's a useful player to have. And maybe if you make a trade, you can convert his two-way deal to an actual NBA contract or give him an actual NBA contract to kind of make up for all of that, right? If he's going to show you some passing and three-point shooting, well, sign me up because that's a guy that maybe, maybe we're not there yet, replaces someone like Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham kind of feels like he's on the outs of the team, right? And what he does is three-point shooting. Didn't do that particularly well, but he doesn't get downhill, doesn't drive. Doesn't finish at the rim, doesn't shoot twos. Seabron was showing all of that off. Graham gives some assists, but if Seabron can do that too, and he showed off the passing, I thought, fairly well in a handful of games in Summer League, he could eventually be, I think, that replacement potentially for a guy like Devontae Graham. I think you know you need to see some strides from him defensively. Certainly, even in Summer League, he didn't look great in that area. But that's on the coaching staff to kind of bring that out of him. But he is relentlessly aggressive when given the opportunity. He does get to the rim very well. He has good size, which is something New Orleans lacks on the perimeter a little bit. You know, I would have liked to have seen him take a more starring role in Summer League, but I think they knew they didn't need to give him tons and tons of minutes because he's going to be on a two-way deal and around the team, and they wanted to test some of these other guys out to a certain degree. But Darian Sebron definitely, I thought, you know, didn't excel per se, but really did well enough to be like, okay, we see it and we see some other flashes in his game. And yeah, that's... Good enough for where this Pelicans team is right now, and what you want to see from him and his development the other guy that i think you know there's a couple of other guys that are really kind of vying for one of those other two-way deals and one of them is davidas servitas who's been in the league for a little bit you know spent time with detroit and in the g league primarily but he really excelled in summer league 15.5 points per game he was shooting the three ball exceptionally well 42 percent on really good volume almost eight attempts per game plus he rebounded well five per He gave you good enough defense. He's a bit of a high flyer at times, too. He can get up if you need him to. But really, it's a big man that could be a stretch big. That is something that the Pelicans, I think, need and want. And he really stepped up. There were games when he couldn't miss. Against the Lakers, he scored 17 points, 4 of 7, shooting from 3. That's a pretty tremendous number. And then he struggled a little bit more shooting-wise, against the Oklahoma City Thunder in the final game, just going three of 11. But he dished the ball there, three assists, six rebounds, four, four from the line. So he managed to get his points, 17 points. Again, it's a guy that can kind of score at times in multiple ways, gives you a well-rounded style of playing. New Orleans needs some more shooting. So Servetus, I think, is a guy that they might really look at as, as ready to kind of take that next like leap, to take a jump. Hasn't shown really much at the NBA level with Detroit in very, very limited minutes and games, like to the point where it doesn't even really matter. But maybe it was a guy that just needed to kind of take a couple of seasons to really figure some things out. And it looks like he did in this. Again, if you can get a three-point shooting big man, well, New Orleans needs one of those. Every team needs one of those. And he wouldn't be expected to play a big role with the Pelicans next season, but a guy that has a stroke like that shoots it on eight almost eight attempts per game and 42% that's tall that you could pair in theory next to Zion Williamson. You know, he's 6'8", 6'9". I don't hate the idea of that, at least giving that guy a two-way contract so when there is an injury, bring him on in. Let's see what he does. And if not, you know, you haven't invested that much. In a guy, but I think he's definitely someone that could be a good, strong option for New Orleans with that other two way deal. And that's open, right? We don't know what they're going to end up doing with EJ Liddell. That injury is just such a disappointment and awful for him. And we feel terrible about it. And New Orleans maybe gives it to him to try and do the right thing. I don't know if you really would need to clear a roster spot for him. You could. You could clear a roster spot, sign him, and then see if you can apply for an injury exception. You can often then get an extra contract that you can use to sign someone. It's got to be a free agent on a one-year deal. You trade for someone to fill it, too, but on a one-year expiring deal, But so it limits New Orleans's options a little bit. It's not like, cool, let's go trade for a guy we really want that's going to be here for years and years to come. It's literally just to be an injury replacement for the season-ending injury, to which could be – who knows if it is season-ending. We do think it will be for EJ Liddell. That's an option if they don't give him the two-way deal but want to kind of keep him, sign him to a contract, and then, of course, go and get an injury replacement and hope you find someone that meets that criteria – But it could mean that that other two-way deal is open. And that's why I think it's worth looking at all of these guys who played particularly well. And I thought Servetus really did a good job. And again, three-point shooting big man you want more of those in the NBA on the team. And he's definitely a guy that could do it. But I also think some of the other names we're going to mention, Jared Harper, Daquan Plowden, and John Butler, also have a chance to kind of get that other two-way deal if we're taking EJ Liddell out of the mix for everything. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On pelicans and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team we're gonna have a live show thursday 6 p.m central come join me i will answer your questions we'll talk about all the biggest stories around this team and how fun are the pelicans going to be next year I cannot wait for basketball season to start. I really wish it was like tomorrow. We got a little bit more of a ways to go, but we'll definitely fill the time because there's no end of stories here around this Pelicans team. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. And of course, comment down below on YouTube. Who do you think should get the other two-way deal? Should they just give it to EJ Liddell? Should it be one of the other names that we're bringing up? And who impressed you the most in Summer League? Is there a guy you think has a chance to make it in the NBA? Let me know in the comments down below. Comment, comment, comment on YouTube. It's the easiest thing you can do to support Locked On Pelicans. So let's look at some of the other names, right, that did well in Summer League. And let's start with Daquan Plowden. This is a guy that I think has a very legitimate chance to earn that other two-way deal for New Orleans. Didn't play in the final two games, and he didn't need to. You know, in the three games that he played, 16 minutes per He scored 11.3 points per game on 5.7 shot attempts. That's really good efficiency. He also chipped in four rebounds as well. This was like a big man that just kind of went out and did some big man things. Oh, and he also shot the three ball well, 50% from... Three, he's more of a wing than a big man, but he's a bit of a high flyer and can be a bit of a finisher, above-the-rim finisher, too, on alley-oops. He gives you more versatility on the perimeter, I think. A guy that can score, a guy that can defend in a league where you have very skilled wings while also spacing the court is a really useful player to have. More depth for those kind of guys, it's not a bad thing. Is Najee Marshall better than him? Probably. Would Daquan Plowden maybe understand his role a little bit more? Yeah. So I don't know if that's a little bit much too redundancy for New Orleans, but to have the option is a very, very good thing. Guy's clearly a hard worker, you know, working his way to this point. Spent a lot of time in college doing all of that. So I do think he's a guy that really impressed. I think they felt good about him defensively, which is very clearly going to be a focal point for New Orleans this season as they try and improve on that mark. Trying to turn defense into offense, which if you listen to the show on Friday, we talked about the take foul and why that's important. Trying to kind of get out and run because you're going to be able to do that more, I think, this coming season. Plauting could help with that as an injury replacement on a two-way contract. The three-point shooting is kind of lanyap when it comes to him. The one thing I think he's lacking, the the big thing, and I think this is pretty important too, that he's lacking is that he does not move the ball around enough, right? He's not a creator. He's not a passer. You want your wings to be able to create for others. Athletic wings that are mobile, which Plowden is, that can pass the ball and create for others, huge in the NBA right now. Think Brandon Ingram, right? Plowden's lacking that, and I wonder if lacking that's enough to keep him out of the running for that other two-way deal. Then you also have John Butler, You know, a guy that kind of is just like a sharpshooter to a certain degree. There are a couple games when he was basically just perfect and wouldn't miss out there whatsoever. You know, coming in from Florida State here, he played very well for New Orleans in the four games that he was out there. Only eight and a half points per game, but he shot the ball. Made two-thirds of his makes from three. I don't really need to tell you anything else. That's kind of what his role would be. He's a shooter. He's going to go out there. He's going to take shots. And that's going to be that. You know, can he go out there? He was perfect 6 of 6 in the final game. He's perfect from the field. 9 of 9 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. 25 points. Led scoring for New Orleans. You know, it's a shooter's league. Getting a guy like that, you know, in summer league, cheap shooting. You know, Maybe. I don't think that's the, the worst guy that you could really look to try and bring. He's got excellent size, right? Excellent size at almost seven feet tall. So he can get out there and he can try and score. He can try and play. I think he's someone that's worth keeping an eye on just because he's so kind of different. But he's very one-dimensional, not a great rebounder, not horrible at it, but not Amazing, you know, and then there's also John Petty Jr., who was out there taking shots for New Orleans, making some threes for them as well. Though he shot more realistically 37%, but on 5.4 attempts, so it's a higher number there, as opposed to uh John Butler, who's only 2.3 per. That's double the volume, and you got to wonder how Butler would shoot if that were the case. He played particularly well, right? John Butler, uh, sorry, John Petty Jr. did scoring 7.6 on 5.4 threes per game, shooting at 37%. You have more faith in his three-point shot. So those two guys are kind of your options if you need some potential cheap shooting, something along those lines. But I think maybe they need to look at a guy like Jared Harper again, right? Sebron has some limitations to his game, very much more raw. If you really kind of want to go the guard direction, could it be Jared Harper? 17.5 points per game for the Pelicans in Summer League. Did not shoot the three ball well, but 4.3 assists to just 1.8 turnovers on very high usage. This dude was, what, like relentless in a couple of games. Getting downhill, attack, 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 and try and just see what he could create, almost through sheer force of will, for New Orleans. I think the problem with him, to a certain degree, is that he's just not the most efficient scorer. If he's not getting to the line, he does get to the line pretty well, but he does not shoot a pretty field goal percentage. So he had 20 points against the Lakers. That's on 16 shots. That's not bad. But he did also just shoot 37.5% from the field. He made it up with six trips to the free throw line where he hit all of those threes. That inefficiency worries me. A little bit, I think. And then, of course, if you do want to go with big man, I forgot to mention him in the open. I should have said him here because I was very impressed with him. Tyreek Jones giving you some rim protection, something New Orleans desperately needs. And I thought he did great. He's a low usage center that will go out and try and do some things. Averaged over a block per game. He had a uh, number of games with multiple blocks. You like to see that out of those type of guys. He's fearless. He's a very strong rebounder. You know, I do think if New Orleans was dipping into free agency, they'd want another center. Maybe this is the way you find it while you still have that roster spot problem. So Tyreek Jones could earn it as well. All those guys were the standouts for New Orleans. And again, shows you there's some options there. That's great to come out of Summer League with, those type of options. We'll see what New Orleans ends up doing with the two-way deal, but if there's a name there that you think they really should sign for that contract, let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, live show Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. And I'll have a bonus episode over the weekend for you all to make up for missing Monday because there's still a ton to talk about with this team, and I'm excited. So if you want to hear something in particular, let me know in the comments down below. As always. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.